Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. You can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want to hear more shows on a weekly basis, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the join button and become a member. Members get access to Thursday shows, which are bonus member shows exclusive. You get access to Tuesday shows, ad-free listening, and you also get overtime access too. So every time we put out an episode, that is an overtime like today's show. You can get access to that overtime episode right there as a member to theconfessionalspodcast.com. So just go ahead, hit up the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com slash join, become a member and get access to all those goodies. Also, friends, we are going to be live in Gatlinburg, Tennessee on September 30th, 2023 from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Me and Hillbilly Horror Stories are going to be putting on a show for you. So if you are interested in coming out and checking that out, the link is in the description of this episode. You can get your tickets. Seating is limited. So you want to get on it before we run out of seats. And they are starting to go fast. Jerry does text me and say that they are selling. And so if you want to make sure you're in on that action, go ahead and check it out in the link of the description. And prayers go up to Jerry. The last couple of weeks, I put out a show and the intros were pre-produced. Jerry has been going through some health issues the past few weeks and prayers go out to him. We've been praying for him over here. And if you guys are praying, people, please pray for Jerry Hillbilly Horror Stories. They are going through it right now with the health stuff. I believe he's going to come through it just fine. But if you could shoot some prayers his way, because he's a good friend of the show and he's a good, he's just a good person to everybody. So please go ahead and pray for him and his health. Also, friends, check out Expedition Dogman. It is on Amazon, Tubi, and on demand through Merkel.media. If you haven't checked out Expedition Dogman, uh, if you didn't know, I have a film called Expedition Dogman. I don't know where you've been, but apparently 
people have been watching it for the first time recently. I've been getting a lot of people emailing saying, hey, we just checked out your film. We love it. I'm just like, wow, okay. You know, I thought for sure people would have already watched it. But if you haven't checked it out, go ahead, check it out on Amazon, Tubi, and on demand on Merkle.media. And last but not least, we have EMPShield.com. Listen, friends, we had the Chinese spy balloon flying over our country from Montana to South Carolina and everywhere in between spying and who knows what else, right? But one thing's for sure, the idea of an EMP attack is very real now because we just had a Chinese balloon float from Montana to South Carolina. At any point in the middle of the country, if they wanted to ignite an EMP blast, they could have and taken out a large chunk of electronics in this country. Some people say that one blast can't take out the whole country, but there were reports of other balloons floating around, and there was reports of this not being the first time that this happened. So if this has been happening for a while and we just didn't know about it, and these balloons are floating all over the place, who's to say that they don't strap EMPs or however they do it to these balloons to ignite a blast? There's been some rumors that there might have been explosives on these balloons. Who knows? There's a lot of rumors going around, but one thing's for sure, you want to make sure you and your family are safe from an EMP blast, and that's how you do it. EMPshield.com. Get yourself protected. They are devices that get attached to your home through your electric box, they get attached to your vehicles, and these devices will protect your home and vehicle from getting hit by an EMP blast. So if you're at the office and an EMP attack happens, you can get your vehicle turned on and get home to your family where it's safe and get things going because it's going to get rowdy really fast. So if you go to EMPShield.com upon checkout, go to the coupon code and put in Tony for the coupon code, just T-O-N-Y, and you will save $50 off of every item you purchase off that website, EMPShield.com. Dot com. Okay, today we have Scott Carpenter coming in studio, and I've known about Scott Carpenter for quite some time. He's written several books. He's got a YouTube channel. He's been around the block for many years before I was even podcasting, but I'm glad I've never had him on the show till now because Scott Carpenter lives within 10 minutes of my studio. He lives within 10 minutes of my house. I literally, when we left the studio, because he came in studio to talk to me, when we left the studio, I literally followed him home because I passed by his house on the way to my house. We are locals together, and he comes in the studio and he brings the heater. <laughs> heater! He brings the heater today because he talks about Bigfoot dogmen in Smoky Mountain region right here. He talks about the town that my studio's in, that there's dogmen in this town. I was really kind of taken back by that, but Scott is a wealth of information. He has done extensive research, and he just wants to spread information about these creatures and the reality of their existence. I had a fantastic time talking to him. The first half of this episode is for the public right now. The second half is waiting for you members in an overtime segment. So let's get to Scott in this extra long conversation about Bigfoot dogmen in the Smoky Mountains right now. All right, today we got Scott Carpenter in studio, sir. How are you? Great, man. Great be here. Let me tell you, I uh, I've known about you for a long time. Cool. Uh, I I just moved to Tennessee, East Tennessee, from uh, Philadelphia area. Yeah. In April last year, and I remember when I first started uh, looking into these topics. Uh, I had a Facebook group, and then I started the podcast in uh, 2017, and shortly. Before I started the podcast, like late 2016, I'm driving around my tractor trailer in Philadelphia and I'm thinking about these new angles about Bigfoot that I, I thought were original to me. And I, uh, I was like, you know, 
the Nephilim might have a connection to Bigfoot. And I was like, man, I don't think I could talk about this without getting hammered. And then I was like, I don't know. And I, I started talking to certain other people and I started the podcast. And when I started the podcast around that time, I started feeling real comfortable. It was just like, you know what? I'm going to talk about this. And if people don't like it, they don't like it, you know? And then when I started talking about it, people were like, you got to talk to Scott Carpenter <laughs> back in 2017. Yeah. And here we are six years later, almost exactly, because I started my podcast January 19th, 2017. So yeah. it's been almost exactly six years. Yeah. Uh, and here you are in yeah. studio. Uh, it turns out you're from the same town my studio's in. Yeah, which is, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, you're right across town. So I, uh, I, I just... Um, I, I know you're familiar with uh, uh, Legends and Lore Pizzeria. Mm -hmm. So I, I went down there. Uh, so I passed by there when I was looking for a house down here in February. And uh, Eddie had the place closed for the day. So when I moved down here, I went in there and got to know Eddie. And he brought you up. And, uh, and so I was like, I got to get this guy <laughs> on the show, you know? Yeah. Uh, speaking of Legends and Lore, uh, I am, uh, I'm thinking about doing uh, like a maybe once a quarter... Uh, meet up there with sure. listeners and Eddie said that he'd be down for that. So uh, anybody listening right now, if you're interested in something like that, do, do you think it'd be cool to meet with me at like a pizzeria? We just call it like a TC uh, underground or something like that and just have a good time eating pizza and hanging out and talking. If you like that idea, just shoot us an email. But uh, so Scott, here you are. You're in the studio, and uh, I nice studio. I appreciate it. It's very nice. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you something. When when I first moved in here, it was lime green wall panels, Ew. and I, I said to my landlord, I said, "Can I renovate?" And he said, "You can do anything you want." I said, "Perfect." Yeah, it's nice. And so I I, I had uh, met a, a homesteader about an hour north of here, he used to frame houses, and uh, he said he'd come down and help me. So I I paid him to renovate in here, and he it did a great good. job. Yeah, he did a great job. So. Uh, I'm glad you're in here and I'm glad we're able to do It's more fun to have these conversations face to face. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I'm just going to start, we're going to, we're going to see where this conversation goes, but I'm just going to start out with, uh, the softball question of how did you get involved in these topics? Cause I'm sure you didn't come out the womb thinking, saying no, Bigfoot, no, you know? So no, it, I mean, uh, you know, started out, uh, let, let me start with my adult experience. Um, guess 2008 i was uh fishing on down on telco lake and um it was top water fishing it's beautiful morning clear so i think it was in june uh water's calm and uh so i'm fishing and i'm off uh there's a place down there i don't it's called baker's creek and and it's a 1500 acre uh multi-use area recreational area you can hunt and camp on it and ride horses but there's no motorized vehicles and and so that's where I'm fishing off of, and and for some reason I had been wa I'd been watching those U the really early YouTube videos about Sasquatch research. I had a job where I literally worked alone, and so at lunchtime I I would pull those up and watch those, and I actually thought they were pretty funny. I mean, these were the guys that were running around whooping and, and beating sticks and doing all kinds of craziness like that in the yeah. woods. And so I don't know why I just. Uh, I mean, it was really quiet. I don't know if you're on the lake and, you know, at first, and I, I mean, sound carries a long way. And I just made two or three really silly whoops, you know, whoop, 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 you know. And I mean, it echoed and there behind me is, a, you know, some really high-end subdivision on the lake. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, somebody's eating breakfast here in this fool out here, you know, 
fishing and he's doing this. So I went back to fishing and I could, I was, you know, a sudden I heard something coming through the woods and it, you know, got louder and louder. And as it got closer, I mean, it was, uh, something was just, you know, just destroying the woods. I mean, it wasn't just like, uh, you're, you know, riding a horse and you're going through brush. I mean, this, you know, sticks are breaking, uh, stomping. I mean, it's like someone's got a bulldozer coming. And so I'm kind of like, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, what in the world? Because I've not put, I've called a Sasquatch in it. You know, I'm not even thinking that. I'm, you know, and I'm I'm hearing this coming towards me. And it's a long point of land. So, you know, it's it, it's getting closer and closer. And I'm really kind of like, so I stopped fishing and I'm just being real quiet, just looking at, you know, intently on the shoreline. And I mean, this thing's just causing all kinds of havoc, just breaking limbs, shaking trees. And, it, you know, it works its way down and, um, the sun, I guess was coming up, uh, on to my right. So it was throwing real long shadows. And so just, you know, in, into the woods and you could kind of just kind of broke up, you could see in. And so I start seeing this movement and the sunlight every now and then will hit, you know, just a patch of black or gray as this, whatever this thing is. And first I'm thinking horse and a rider, but you know, this, this whole, the end of this point is just nothing but, uh. You know, briars and uh, sticker bushes, you know, and, and blackberry bushes. It's just a brumble. So, you know, there's just no way anybody would ride a horse down in here. Mm. And so it just keeps going back and forth. Why it's doing this. And, and it's still, you know, you, you can see it. I, I describe it like you, in the scene in Jurassic Park where the, you see the T-Rex coming, but he, he's not out of the woods yet. And you see all the, you yeah. know, all the trees and stuff and being broke off or falling that's exactly what he was doing at the end of that point he was just you know raising cane and so i got a little you know i had drifted into the bank just a smidge and i was like mm, I'm a little, i felt like i'm just a little bit too close so i reached down and tapped the trolling motor well it's an electric trolling motor and as quiet as it was it made the whirling made the whirl noise and, and i started backing off and at that moment he heard it and, and I don't know if he looked at me, but he just, you know, he stopped moving totally and it got real quiet. And then I heard, I heard a couple like, <sighs> you know, a couple like almost aspiration. And then he just gave one more big, huh? And then this normally just like, I mean, it was bipedal, but it wasn't, you know, he just walked and back up and we just walked away. And that. You know, and I'm just like, I'm in shock. I mean, I don't know what to think. I'm like, God, what in the world? You know, I just, I, I mean, I still to this day, it's just amazing that even happened. Yeah. The act of God, whatever you want to call it. Cause you know, the whoops weren't even good whoops. I mean, you know, and they were, just, and what in whatever possessed this thing to think that I was whatever it was thinking I was. And so of course that, you know, with that, I, I mean, I, kind of got get the bug i feel like i gotta figure this out i mean i don't i don't understand this what was that and so the next weekend i uh went in uh with my i had just a really cheap sony uh, handicam thing and I, and I just went in walking around just trying to find look and i found the area and sure enough it looked like you're taking a bulldozer down through here there were no tracks i couldn't find any like real tracks the uh, uh leaf litter was real thick it was you know in the summertime and but, you know, it had obvious something and it just tore a path down to the edge of the water. And, uh, you know, that got me started, you know, just searching and looking around the next week. I find a, 
And I find like this little shelter that's urine smell, and then I get hit by infrasound, and then I really, get, yeah, I get yeah, like the third, second or third time out, I get popped really hard with infrasound. Wow. Uh, uh, I kind of learned early that you never turn the video camera off because mm. I did more, I, like when I first started, I turned the video camera off, and then and then I had yeah. one make. I, if I'd had the camera on, I might've been able to capture it. I saw moving out of the corner of my eye and something was like flying and I'm, you know, banging at the recorder, trying to get, trying to get it open, yeah. you know, just like I'm doing now and, and try to get it out <laughs> to get it over there. And so from then on, you know, regardless of, you know, I figured I can always delete, you know, get more SD cards. Yeah. So I always kept it on and there was a, the, the, the first instant I literally, it's like, I remember, like, th these are long stories, but to shorten it up, basically, I thought I saw something in, a, in, in the midst of a cedar tree. I mean, I could see a black form. And in my mind, I thought, I'm going to go step in there and see what that is. And literally, like, as I started to step, I got a text or a phone call from my son. Uh, and so I, I took that real quick. And it was just, yeah, I'm out in the woods. Yeah, yeah, something. I can't even remember. He's asked me about coming to see something. And I said, sure. And, and that broke, broke my concentration. And, and then after the cell phone call, I have no memory for about 10 minutes. I don't recall it. The next thing I remember is I'm back up on the main trail, about 200 yards away from this area walking. Wow. And so, but I had the video, I never turned the video recorder off. So I have that video. Of course, nothing really major happened other than when I swung Swung around the turnaround, I got a glimpse of, of it in the uh, cedar tree. Well, I get home and look at that. It freaks me out, number one. And, and Which so part? I, the part where I don't have any memory. Okay. The, that, the, the, law, the memory. The glimpse didn't freak you out? Well, I didn't. Well, that's, I'm getting there. Okay. Okay. So I'm already freaked out. <laughs> but, you know, I'm freaked out because I find that 10 minutes. Gotcha. And then I'm going back through it and I see the glimpse of this thing. And so I go back the next day with my kids and we find a track and you can see where this thing is literally was like, it just went up into the tree and hugged it. It was like in the tree, had an arm around the tree and it broke limbs all the way up to about 12 feet. Mm. And so after that, I was hooked and wow. uh, I had to figure it out. Yeah. And so I started quote, with the you know, air quotes research. So I started just going, you know, and figuring it out. I didn't have no primer. I didn't know I have anybody to ask. I, kind of knew intuitively watching the, these Bigfoot videos that run, I wasn't, you know, running around at night in the woods, banging on trees, wasn't what this was all about. So I tried to do the standard thing. I tried to find a location where I could, you know, of course it, it, when everybody starts this, at least for me and a lot of people I know, it's always, it's a bipedal ape. Mm -hmm. It's a dumb. Yeah. That's the way I started. Ape. Yep. And I, it didn't take but about probably about 18 months to I figure out, I figured out it was not. But, you know, just through, and then, you know, I got, I got found a feeding station and, and I would leave candy bars and stuff. And I didn't have a whole lot of money raising four kids and, and all kinds of things going on in my personal life. But I'm, you know, I try to get, uh, you know, like three or four trail cameras and I, I'm so silly. I mean, I would like put the food right there and five feet away, put a camera. <laughs> and, that'll do it. <laughs> that'll get him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but that's where I started. That's when I started learning. Yeah. You know, learning that they knew what the cameras were and they would just either put a hand or put a rock or something in front of it. You had that happen where the oh, rocks are placed in front of it or they stand in front of it. Really? Something would be placed in front of it. Cause they, you know, it would cause, you know, an infrared 
you know, it's looking for a change of temperature. So like if, mm. like if you got an infrared camera here and you put your hand in front of it, don't move your hand, it, it'll just go off once. It won't keep going off because your hand becomes the new standard. So it just gotcha. doesn't do anything. But wow. when you remove your hand, it goes off again. So it would go off and I get a white out. And then, you know, and then I don't know, 30 minutes, whatever time would pass. And then they'd move whatever it was. I'd get another video of nothing, you know, 10, 20 minutes later. And all the, all the candy bars would be gone. Stuff like that. Unbelievable. So that that's was, interesting. So that's when I was like, oh. <laughs> there, there, there's actually a thought process yeah, here. They're, understanding. They're, yeah, they understand. Yeah. yeah. They know. And wow. so they just block. And sometimes they would push them and turn them down. I mean, uh, I got some weird stuff. This one place, I got some alien looking things and, and uh, stuff like that. But, you know, never like a, I got one skeletal looking thing but you know you got to understand this is infrared this is at night and you know, their skin color you know if they've got pasty gray skin it's going to it's going to look white and illuminated so it's hard you know it was hard it's hard to tell but uh just r- some really crazy stuff and it just that's where i started learning you know yeah. what what you know it's where i you know was cutting my teeth on what was going on and mm. and started you know this communication thing of course that you know and and it just went from there. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you're learning this stuff, at, at what point did you start uh, un- maybe either diving into or understanding the Bigfoot world and <sighs> your findings and your understandings that you're learning? And when, at what point did you're like, this is not going to go well if I talk <laughs> about well, it? Well, I was able to stay, I was a little bit uh, uh, insulated from it. Because mm-hmm. I really knew no one in the Bigfoot world and really didn't care to know. Yeah. That was number one. That's that was a, the that's best fascinating. Thing. And I was just doing my thing and posting videos. I had a friend named Chuck Prawl that I had uh, developed a friendship with uh, on YouTube. And he used to have a podcast back in the day a long time ago. And uh, he, he since passed away. He was uh, in a wheelchair bound. But in the Bigfoot world, he knew everyone. And he interviewed everyone. And, uh, there wasn't anybody he didn't know. And, but, you know, and of course he, when he saw my videos, he started reaching out we became friends and he kind of helped me along the way, kind of helped me understand who people were like Bobby Short and, and, uh, Bob Gimlin and some of these other people. I mean, you know, I didn't even, hadn't even, I hadn't even seen the Patty film. Mm. I think maybe as a child or on in search of, but, you know, I, I really didn't know any of the background MK Davis, uh, any of, you know, any of the quote big names, yeah. Bender Nagel, uh, and Ray Crow and all these the big names. I didn't have a clue who these people were. So, you know, I just did my thing and I got fortunate. Um, my, the research area wasn't too far away from, uh, 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 down there where the farm was, where Mary Green talked, you know, wrote her book about the 50 years with Bigfoot. And, uh, and so that was about, you know, about 10, 15 miles away. So I, I don't, I think these Sasquatch were just more acclimated to human beings mm. and they, I don't know what's the old fr- Southern phrase they took to me. And I, they started, I started getting a lot of activity fairly early. And I, I know there were some people that were kind of upset about that. Go, I've been in Bigfoot research for 25 years. Yeah. That's a bunch of crap. Yeah. You know, you're not getting any of that. That's, you're just faking now that. And <laughs> yeah. so, you know, I got, I got some of that, but I just kind of stayed focused and, you know, Chuck was like, look, don't read your comments. Just stay with it. Wise words. And another thing I promised him, he says, for God, you know, for goodness sakes, uh, 
post what you get. Don't do this thing. Got to, it seemed like everybody was saying, you know, got the, you know, got the best video that's ever been seen and, and I'll premiere it next week. And then, you know, then they put it, find a paywall and, yeah. and, and, and then when you'd see it, it'd be, it, you know, it'd be the blob squatch, you know, footage of the century. It's <laughs> like, and I talked and I promised him, I said, if I get footage, it goes on with no fanfare. I just say what I got. And if, you know, and, you know, if you look at it and you think it's blob squatchy crap, that's fine. It's blob squatchy crap. Don't watch my channel no more. That was kind of, yeah, that took, I yeah. took, this is, you know. I'm develop, you know, I'm developing a theory here, and and I'm, it's like you know, the audience is kind of going with me. You're learning publicly, which, yeah. which is a handicap for you because people are tuning in to get this evidence, and they want to see the hard facts, and they want to talk. They, they, and, and 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 some people are understanding, but there's some people that aren't. And so when you're when you're in a weird position, and I, and I've been in a similar position where um, when I started the podcast, uh, I came from the Bigfoot stuff. Mm-hmm. But I started the podcast as a paranormal show where I'll talk about anything. Yeah. And so there was a lot of stuff that I was never exposed to. And I was learning on the fly where I have somebody come on the show and they're like, you know, talking about things that I have no clue what they're talking about. And I'm just having a conversation with them and trying to learn as I go. And, you know, you, you, you have to, there has to be a humble bone in our bodies for that, yeah. you know, because we, we can't be like, oh, I want to be, I want to look like a know-it-all. That, that that goes out the window yeah. when you're learning publicly. Oh yeah, I mean everybody could see my mistakes, and I, I and I would throw a theory out, and two weeks later I have to say no, it's not. Yeah. I don't think that was right. That's not you know holding true. But that's that was good. It kept me honest, and uh, and you know as I learned, you know those who watch my channel from the day one, they learned as well, mm-hmm. and you know and thing I just you know it was it was a learning process. Like everybody, you know, we started off as a bipedal ape, and then. I learned, well, they're a little bit smarter than bipedal ape. And then I had, you know, I finally had, uh, you know, made eye contact with one, saw one, you know, and was, you know, it saw me and I saw it. And then, you know, obviously it wasn't an ape. I mean, it had a you know, human-like appearance. And uh, and then some of the videos I was capturing and had a human, you know, they had a human-like, experience, you know, uh, uh, facial features. And, you know, they weren't, they weren't apes. They didn't look like apes. Uh, and they definitely didn't act like apes, you know, and, uh, you know, there was always this, sometimes there was this air of their playing with me. There were times when I'm thinking these guys, you know, this can't be because you, it, it it was hard to wrap my mind around that these guys are messing with me. Like I'd put out a camera and I'd have to like, you know, they know what this is. And, but the, the, the logical side says, oh, they don't know what that is. No, they don't know that this does that. They don't know that, you know, it's an infrared camera and this is how it works. But then they, you know, almost, you know, the next time I go back out, they'd almost demonstrate, mm-hmm. yeah, we know what this tech is. We know how to defeat this tech. Yeah. You know, don't, you know, they're almost taking offense to the fact that I'm shoving it in their face and acting like they don't know what it is. And so, you know, th- the process went from there. And then I kind of got into the fact that, you know, I, uh, I knew they weren't bipedal apes. And then I got, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, some sort of human, you know, being that, you know, is just hidden from history and kind of got off, you know, like, you know, one of these. Got freaky with an ape one time and created this whole other hybrid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. God could have had another line of human beings going here. But, yeah. you, you know, you're, you're at that point, you're trying to fit, mm-hmm. fit these guys in because they don't fit in to the paradigm you had in school. And, and if you're in mainline churches, you never hear about the Nephilim or any of this stuff. Yes. And you don't have a clue what the, you know, 
you know, giants, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I know, thought it was just one Goliath. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> more than one. He had a brother. That's why he got three stones. Yeah. Uh, but you, you, you know, you start, you start putting these things together and, and you have to push through it. It's like, I had to push through that conditioning and it, it is a process. God and God takes you through it. And it's like, and it's like he gave me just, he knew I couldn't take the whole thing all at once. Mm. You know, it just freaked me out, break me down. And so, uh, I got information just, you know, over, you know, a several year period, just, you know, w- once I can handle this, then I got the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. Yeah. And it just kind of developed that way. And, um, uh, uh, I got, uh, I got to a point where, you know, I was, I knew I, I was way over my head. And I needed uh, some some help. I needed someone to talk to that understood what was going on. And I could bounce things off of. So started looking around, and 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 uh, there was that uh, blah blah group that starts with a B and ends with an O. <laughs> that I looked at them, and I just wasn't. You know, it was a huge organization, and I just and I'd made some feelers, and I wasn't really impressed. And there was a couple other smaller organizations, you know, like, you know, state-based or region-based. And then I found uh, David Plotties. And I saw he, he I had, I read a little thing, a little bio on him and uh, his book, uh, The Hoopa Project. Mm-hmm. So I got the book, read the book. I was blown away. It's, you know, th- this guy gets it. He's, you know, you know, he was tasked by some uh, guys in, um, Silicon Valley, uh, some former employers of his, when he decided to retire, came to him with, you know, we'll set you up and pay you. We just want to know if they're real or not. So he very meticulously started doing stick pins of all the sightings he could find in California and the Hooper Reservation, you know, had this big glob of pins and he said, that's where I'm going. And so he went through and, you know, he had Harvey Pratt do the uh, witness sketches and I'm looking at the pictures and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, that's what I've seen. You know, it's all resonating. That's what I've seen. That's what I've encountered. And so I literally emailed him and began an email conversation back and forth. And then when I would get stuff, I'd send it to him like a video or pictures. And, and, you know, he, I think he was a little leery because, you know, some of the stuff Mm -hmm. I was getting was pretty far out there, but I would, you know, I'd bounce stuff off him. I'm like, you know, I got mock charged, you know, I thought something was getting ready to, you know, just take me away you'd be over because i didn't know that see, see all this stuff i didn't know and so i'm telling him and he's kind of verifying and he knows i'm ignorant and he knows i don't know so mm. you know it's kind of kind of it codifies to him that i'm having real experiences because i'm describing things that you know him and his researchers had already experienced and so uh one thing led to another and uh we uh, you know just started developing a friendship and uh, he he asked me to join his group, North American Bigfoot Search, which I did. And uh, right before we joined uh, the the uh, Sasquatch Genome Project, or Sasquatch Big uh, uh, DNA Bigfoot Study, was that Melbourne? Uh, that's Doctor Ketchum was yeah. heading it up, but there was several other doctors uh, and scientists, and along with it, and that'd be the whole show in itself. I wrote sure. a book about it, yada yada. But uh, uh, you know, they were needing hair samples. And so, uh, you know, I started, uh, trying to figure out how to come up with a, you know, to, at first, uh, we got some hair. I was able to just get some, you know, like they'd reach up and get some food and some hair would get caught on the, uh, uh, the limb or caught on the bark. And, but it wasn't, um, you know, was we, what was happening was she, they, 
Sasquatch hair has a quality about it that you can't get DNA f- just from the hair itself. Like mine and your hair, you can get mitochondrial DNA from it. Hmm. But there's some sort of protein or something that blocks blocks that process. And so uh, the primers, nothing, nothing really won't run. So you have to have a skin tag. And so we had to figure out a way to get the hair pulled out to get that skin tag because that's where your mitochondrial was. And uh, so uh, working with Dave, we we came up with this thing uh, or ideal where we'd take packing tape and wrap it wrong side out around the trees and then put the food or the bait near it, like above it, like or like I used to put bacon grease into the, when it was cold, I'd take bacon grease and smear it into the bark you know, as high as I could reach. And then lower on the tree, I'd put the tape and they'd lean into the tree and lick the uh, bacon grease out and leave me, you know, I'd get a hair sample. and Or we'd put apples up where they'd have to reach up and then we'd have tape. And so when they reach, we'd get wrist hair. And uh, then I started using, I noticed in the Smokies that there was a trail they used and uh, they had broken a bush off and, and where they'd broken it, it was kind of, you know, it had the, you know, the limb was splintered mm-hmm. and hair had caught in that. So I started doing that myself, making little, little splinter traps. Oh, okay. And that worked. Really? Yeah. So we, so, wow. that, so we got, you know, I got hair samples and I got some saliva samples. I sent in about 30 how, and, and they used 11. How'd you get saliva samples? So I had a candy bar. They're, they're a big thing with candy bars. They like granola bar. The one, these around here, they, they, they're like, they're human, they're, they're human hybrids. So they have their own taste. Each one's a d- unique individual. You can't, you can't, it's like human beings. Uh, you know, we do act similar as a group, but when you get down into that level of, you know, you, you get into this one likes, you know, peanut butter, this one doesn't. So by experimentation, I found out they like Snickers bars and they like granola bars. Well, what way they'd eat the Snickers bars, they pick up the Snickers bar with the wrapper on, crunch down halfway through and, and bite it off. And they just work the wrapper off in their mouth and go. I'd wow. find, I'd, I'd, like I'd find the, I'd find the part they chewed would be spit. I mean, it'd be kind of wadded and spit several mm-hmm. feet. And then the other side, they pop it in and just drop the wrapper. So, and you know, at first I was trying to figure it out. It's like, so there's half a wrapper here intact. And then I would start looking and eventually I would find it. Wow. And there would be a wadded up, like you take a spit, uh, Wad a paper in your mouth, chew it up for a minute, and then spit it. And that's how I got the slob. Wow. Okay. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. I just, no, that's I, I got distracted. I was like, wait a second. Hold on. How yeah, do you the, do that? Yeah. <laughs> well, and so that's how I got the slob. Okay. And so, that, so, though, so I sent those in and they used 11 hair samples. And because you can go down that rabbit hole, but they could explain how they, they had a hair specialist. They, they had a, pris, they had an example of Sasquatch hair that had a complete chain of custody. In other words, a, at the hoop of reservation, uh, a, a lady that lived on the reservation heard something in her garbage. She went down, down around uh, her house, turned the corner, and she had an old metal building where she kept her garbage on the reservation. There was a seven, well, it's pretty big. It's, I think she said, it's in Dave's book, 10, 11, 12 foot big one. And he's like blonde, I think. And he's reaching in and grabbing bags, sniffing them. If he likes the way they smell, he throws them down beside him. If he does it, he throws them back in there. And he, as he's reaching, you know, it's an old rusted door. It's old screechy metal doors. And he reached in and he cut himself. And he also pulled out a big wad of hair. Mm. And so, you know, she's watching this happen. She's calling her brother, who's a, a policeman in the Hoopa Reservation. 
So he goes flying up there. Well, the turnoff to her road is about a half a mile from the turnoff to her house. So, of course, he's winding his way up her driveway with the siren blaring. And so the Sasquatch, when he gets about halfway up, she says he just kind of looks that direction, kind of figures the gigs up, and picks up three bags and walks off into the forest. <laughs> and so, so her brother gets there, and he's, he's, when he gets there, you can still feel the vibration of the thing walking. That's how heavy it is. Wow. So he starts up the, the path. It's dark already. And he, get, he gets a little bit up there, and he just says, uh-uh, no, I'm not following this thing in the woods. And, and he said he started, his mind said, look in the trees, and he thought to himself, I'm not even, not even looking. So he turns around and comes back, and, you know, there's the hair. So he, he gets the gloves out and gets the evidence bag out, and they collect it. So, boom, we've got a pristine yeah. eyewitness. You know, we got Sasquatch hair and DNA. So that's what they used, and they had a hair specialist. And they gave him that, saying, this is Sasquatch here, buddy. And so he had, he could do his comparisons. And so, you know, so if, if someone's son in horse hair, you know, he could, you know, side by side now. And, and it's easy to tell. I mean, Sasquatch hair is very unique. I won't get into all the details, but it's it's unique. So, uh, so because back then, those P, they were PCR, everybody heard that. But this was being used for a different purpose. Mm -hmm. uh but they, uh, the tests were still very expensive back then. There were six, seven, eight thousand dollars a run, so they didn't want to run horse hair or yeah. dog hair. So, and the hair expert, you know, he went through and said, This is Sasquatch hair, and then they would run that. And so, and I don't know whether you know, I think some of my hair samples were, you know, may or may not have been Sasquatch, but they may not have had enough of a skin tag, so they're just not, you know, they're not going to run that because they're not going to get anything. They had a limited funds, I think sure. they got. I think for the whole study, they had maybe $300,000, and that was That's from like two minutes. No. I mean, what they did <laughs> on $300,000 was amazing. Wow. And Wally Hersham and then uh, Erickson, Dennis Erickson were the main ones. Uh, David and other, you know, contributed their part, but, you know, Melba, her time. And then <laughs> they went around and they had, uh, I, I wrote a book, uh, the, the Truth Denied, and it's my account of the study. And uh, uh, the Sasquatch uh, DNA study, and I, I mean, I go into grand detail about everything from my what happened, from all the craziness and the, them trying to destroy her reputation, and you know the whole thing and mm -hmm. and the results. But that when you know when that study was done, you know we had the results, which was it was uh, it had uh, basically you had a hair that wasn't human yielding mitochondrial DNA that was human. And unknown uh, uh, nuclear DNA, which come, and I always have to do this, the mitochondrial DNA comes from the female and is found on the outside and the inside of the nucleus. And the nuclear DNA comes from the male only, and it's found inside the nucleus. It's the harder DNA to get because you've got to have blood, hmm. flesh. It doesn't come from hair, and it degrades faster. So, uh so, you know, so we had this being, this hybrid being that was part human, female, and unknown. They, there's a uh, depository called GenBank. I don't know how many hundreds of millions of species are in it. But basically, if you're a scientist, you can upload your sequences. And uh, then other scientists can compare. They, they have a search engine, kind of like you have Google. Well, they, it's called Blast. And you, and you can put it on your PC. And what you do is you log on to their website. And you take your uh, 
uh, sample in your your sequence, and then you compare it to the entire database, and it runs through the database. If it finds a match, it comes back and says, you've got whatever. So the example I use is you got a, a guy down in the Amazon, and he finds a frog, and he thinks, I've got a unique frog. So he takes a you know takes his blood sample, does runs his DNA, does the blast study. If it comes back with a match, well, no, sorry, you didn't find a unique frog. You just found this species. If it if there's no match, then voila, you've discovered a new species, and then you register it and, and do all the things you need to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, when they took the nuclear DNA, and they well, they actually had three full genomes, so nuclear and mitochondrial, the whole the whole deal, three uh, three uh, gigabytes worth of data. And when they searched the gen bank, there was no matches, so there was no no organism creature that matched it in that database. So and still not to my knowledge. So you had, so you had, you know, this very unusual creature and it had the DNA was single strand, double strand, single strand. Dr. Ketchum said it it definitely looked like it had been manipulated, the DNA. And it had, uh, it had sequences like when these geneticists would look at this, they would see sequences that were impossible for a organism to have and be alive. Hmm. That was their problem with it. That's why they got a lot of, well, it's contaminated. Well, it can't be. It's impossible. You know, the problem was these were double-blind studies at UCLA and Texas A&M and Chapel Hill, North Carolina. These were mainline big-name labs. So that kind of cut that off. So, you, you know, uh, a yeah. Louisiana crime lab put people on death row, and you're accusing them of contamination. I that's not going to fly very far. Sure. So it obviously wasn't contamination, but you know, that's all they had. And they definitely weren't going to admit it was some sort of, it was living, breathing creature. But right. That, the supernatural but aspect, aspect is not going to happen. Because what they would look like, they look at this and they look at, and, and I'm no geneticist and I just know enough to be extremely dangerous. So all you geneticists listening out here, don't lose your mind. <laughs> but there are sequence, there are areas of the genome uh, that whether it's hair color or, skin color or you know different type things but there are there were there were critical subsystems of the body and the when they look at those sequences they'd be incomplete or single strand double strand they're like there's no way this could gestate this should not be alive you shouldn't have a dna sample from this organism alive mm. but yet there it was and with with all these genetic anomalies it was living and breathing, and that was the hurdle they couldn't get over. That's where they stepped back and said, "No, we're not believing this. Mm. It can't be real because it can't." Wow. So we, so that's, you know, that's. I've so, never had anybody break it down like like that to me. I, I knew there was. I, I when that whole study happened. I mean, I was new in in this whole yeah. thing to begin with. But like, I, I remember seeing the drama, and I'm I'm just a truck driver in Philadelphia. I don't understand any of this stuff. And so I, I just never had anybody talk to me yeah. about it and tell me exactly what yeah. happened there. That's fascinating. And there are big names in the Bigfoot community that will completely disagree, and, yeah. and they'll just stand up and say it's hogwash. I've had one of them look me right in the eyes and tell me it's hogwash, mm. and that's fine. Yeah. But they can't repeat it. I mean, they've basically every time they continue to test and they continue to get mitochondrial human unknown nuclear. And then they, they, that the old standby is, well, it's contaminated. And I'm sorry, but that, not that if the labs in this country are, are that poor and don't know how to decontaminate and run a sample without contaminated contamination, we're in big trouble. Sure. 
I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And this has been going on since the 80s. Oh, it's contaminated. It's got human DNA. No, it's a human hybrid. And, and if you, you know, here's how you tell you have Sasquatch hair. If you have a, a hair that's a non-human hair and it yields mitochondrial DNA, human DNA, it's a Sasquatch hair. Mm. Okay. Or it could be a dogman hair, but it's a, it's a cryptid hair because it, 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 the, the foundational DNA is the mitochondrial and it's always human female, regardless of whether you got dogman, uh, a Sasquatch or goat man or whatever cryptid is running around out there it's that seems to be you know the 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 uh the building block is a human female and then wow. they then you build from there yeah but wow. yeah so it was and you know there's you know the politics aside there's a whole you know you could do a whole show on the politics of the sasquatch world and you know you know there's people i know that you if i mentioned that know me they're probably already thrown the headsets down and walked away from the broadcast <laughs> that's okay and that's fine yeah i mean that but but their problem is bring me all the samples in the world i've i've even made this claim i said when you test those samples and they're going to come back you know human mm-hmm. mitochondrial unknown unknown nuclear and you can't run from that you can't hide from that no matter how many samples you get sir it's always going to come back that way. Yeah. And they're always like, well, it's contaminated. We've been going doing contamination now for 60 years. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's just not true. So, uh, all right. Um, <clears throat> we're talking about this DNA and the, the samples and all that stuff and, and the hybrid human. Uh, <clears throat> I think one, this would be a good spot because I didn't do it in the beginning. And I, I like doing this in the beginning and end of interviews with people that have books. If you could let people know, the two books, I think it's two books, right? Well, it's more than two. It's more than two? Yeah. Okay. Let the people know the books that you've written, where they can get them. Okay. And and then maybe we can go into the, the Nephilim angle because sure. I know you've written about that. Yeah. And I'm, I did, did the idea of the Nephilim angle come from these studies? That's or? where it came from. Okay. That, that's the, I had to do all that background. That's fine. Tell you yeah, that's fine. That, you know, that once that study came back and we knew that's what they were, they were this... <clears throat> very uh exotic human hybrid then you know that's when the head starts scratching okay then what are they mm-hmm. so, you know i've seen them with my own eyes but what are they what matches this and then along with the uh the dna evidence that we've got some sort of hybrid that had a uh then then we st- i started getting the uh uh the supernatural the the woo, like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier, yeah. the woo stuff, what everybody calls the woo, which is a paranormal, supernatural, yeah. uh, hypernatural. There's all kinds of I wave of that flag proudly. Yeah. And so <laughs> basically that means that it's something that, you know, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Un- it's technology and the use of technology we don't understand. We talked about that. We see technology as the use of carbon chips or, you know, uh, of some, some, you know, we build something and that's tech. And, I think the Sasquatch have the ability to use the natural world around them and have the understanding of what frequencies and other things do and then have the ability to create, you know, infrasound and other, and, and do manipulate, you know, the world around them and use that tech. Mm-hmm. It's still a technology. It's just, you know, they're just using the natural world as it is to do things. Yeah. You know, whether it's, you know, whether, you know, you get into the cloaking aspect or whether they're, able to you know they're know they are able to cloak but you know how they're doing it they're using that uh you know the mind speak uh the fighter flight uh the missing time uh causing people not to remember or you know implanting thoughts in their head those sort of things uh, that's all 
I think part of that, yeah. uh, the ability to manipulate things. I agree. I agree. All right. So tell people your badge. Okay. So I, I have, I can tell you don't like self-promoting. So I'm going to make I don't you do like, it. Yeah, not <laughs> so I, I, the first book was this, uh, the, uh, field, uh, the Bigfoot field journal. Okay. And those, uh, one of them was a hardback. And if you want to see my thinking way back when, mm-hmm. basically it was more like a, it was a journal, Bigfoot field journal. It was just my research and filled with a bunch of blurry pictures. And, uh, but, uh, and then I did two of those volume one and two, and then I did the Nephilim among us mm. where I, I, you know, that was when I'd come to all my conclusions and the study was over. And so I literally said, this is my research from point A to point B. And this is my, th- these are my conclusions based on my knowledge and experience. And, uh, so I called that the Nephilim among us, um, Excuse me, the, you know, the identity of Sasquatch and other mysterious creatures, because by that point, <laughs> my research had now, you know, I now encountered a dog man and, and I've got, you know, video of this thing called a Darrow. And then I had orbs and I had, uh, uh, um, black holes or what, um, really? Uh, yeah, well, not black holes. Um, I'm having a brain, That's brain fine. like, uh, portals, portals I had more than one portal. I have it's freaky. You're you're at the right place, my friend. I've I've been talking portals. See the portal develop. Really? Yeah, you need to look at it. It's unfortunately it's in 480p, but it it develops and there's this white grayish creature with an elongated skull in it. And and I mean, it's a demarking. I mean, you know, I'm not tooting my own horn because I was just walking away from it. But you can, it forms a circle. And it's it's like looking into water. Wow! And you, I mean, it gets to the point where you can see the edge. You can see the event horizon all the way around it. And so, and it's it's uh, it posted here a couple three months ago. I've been, you know, I've had so much stuff out there. I'm literally going back and and remaking stuff because m- most people are lazy. No, no offense. Sure. No. Yeah. So they're going to look at the first fifty videos, first twenty five. Well, I got stuff back there from 2009 mm-hmm. and, you know, and then people yeah. are asking me questions like I answered that in 2009. Yeah. So I'm having to do a long time ago now and I got better software now so I can do a little bit more enhancements and, you know, stabilization mm-hmm. and contrast and, you know, and sharpen. So things look a little better. You know, you can actually see, you know, see a little bit more detail in there. I'm kind of like MK Davis. You know, if anybody knows where him, he just keeps going back to the Gimlin film. Yeah. <laughs> just keeps drilling in deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. And bless his heart. I hope I'm not that bad, but, but I do see that, you know, when, when the technology increases, I like to go back, mm-hmm. you know, and, and look at some of the older stuff, you know, cause you can get, uh, you can get some, you know, stuff more in focus and, and get yeah. some of the artifacts out of it that were in the 480p. I feel, I feel the same way with my show. I do reloaded Mondays. Every Monday I put out an old episode Yeah, and some of the really old ones I will put out. And before I put it out though, I'll run it through some stuff that I do to audio now Yeah, because I'm I, like, I think it was episode four, not too long ago. I put out as a reloaded Monday. I was like episode four. I'm just yeah. like, Oh my gosh, this is some really bad audio. And I remember back then I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> Not no more. But I, I totally understand the, uh, the idea of going back through it all. Yeah. Uh, and then we got, uh, let's see, the Nephilim Among Us. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I actually went to Colorado. Dave invited me out there to do, he had a, uh, did a conference out there. It was really cool where he did, he did more than just Sasquatch. He, 
He had already started his missing 411, but he did like UFOs. He's a MUFON guy. I didn't know if you know this. He's been in MUFON for a long time. Okay. So it, long before there was Sasquatch at all, mm-hmm. like, like, like early 20s maybe, he was in MUFON. Wow. So he did this this conference, and, and, and like it was, I was bombarded like, over and over. What about the DNA study? Well, I've heard it's this, or I've heard it's that. I heard it's a bunch of bunk. I, and literally, I was surrounded the whole time by people asking me questions about the Sasquatch genome study. So I decided to write a book. I said, I got to write something. So that's where the uh, uh, the truth denied because, you know, my humble opinion, you know, that's what it was. They saw they saw the results and they're like, no, we're, we're not accepting this. Mm-hmm. No. You know, it, you know it, it, it bust up our paradigm. It bust up our money-making schemes. You know, my revenue stream comes from it being a bipedal eight. My revenue stream comes from it being unknown you know my revenue stream comes from you know being undiscovered so if it's known and discovered and and it's not a bipedal ape you've got a lot of people you know mm-hmm. you got the conspiracy of the like-minded uh kind yeah. of working together you know the enemy of, of my enemy is my friend so and and so i i, I put that together and uh and it, it's, it's actually you know it's probably my best work because the research, I mean, I've got everything documented. And, you know, since all, most of this came off the internet, most of I had to do print screens. Even they scrub stuff off way back on some of this stuff. I don't know who has the power to do that, but they mm. did. Some of these articles, but so what I did, I was smart enough to go along. Cause I, I don't know. It's, it's, I didn't know if I'd write a book, but I was so tired of proving this to people. So I literally would screenshot the websites. And do what? So I had screenshots of all the things that I said or was claiming to happen, or conversations where this person who denied he ever said this, well, he said it, and there it is. But you know, was hoping it was scrub sort sort of deal. So literally, you know, I've got a just a an index, you know, a half an inch full index, and what and literally what what on the internet, I just printed in the book. I just wow. said because I didn't have any way to do it. What the heck? Looking at your club numbers. Oh my gosh. My phone just started playing. That's weird. Yeah. I, the preachers are where. Yeah. I, I was I was listening to Tim uh, Tim Pool earlier today and yeah. uh, my phone just started playing. Yeah. Wow, that was weird. Yeah. That was caught on camera too. So that's pretty good. <laughs> Everybody go. knows I I didn't touch my phone. Yeah. So uh, they're they're not wanting this information out. Yeah. <laughs> uh but anyway, you know, the the black hats are out there messing with us. But uh yeah. But yeah, it, and so I did, um, so I even, for those things I couldn't reference, you know, f- you know, with a, a, with a link, I just printed so people could read it. And then, uh, then I did an updated version. I did the, uh, uh, uh the, uh, Nephilim Among Us updated. And now, and then now I'm working on, I'm almost got it ready for publication, uh, a special edition where I've added like three or four chapters. I made it big. Everybody complains like. The first version was expensive. I use Amazon, if it's okay to mention that. And, yeah. and it's self-publishing. So if you use Glossy and you use a lot of pictures, mm-hmm. they charge you a lot of money. And so, you know, they'll come out and they'll say like, well, you know, you know, you must charge $28 for this book. Well, you know, no one's going to pay $28 for a book. Most people are barely going to pay 20 And so you have to start taking the pictures out. Mm-hmm. And so... When I did the second book, I just did everything on matte, black, and white, so I could put the pictures not so good, but at least get them in there. And now this book I've done, I mean, everybody could, and I had several people, you need to do a good book where you really clean these pictures up, get them in glossy, 
you know, and uh, so that's what I did. So I've got this eight by 10 that, and it's going to be more expensive. You know, I'm, it is what it, it is. is what it is. I mean, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to charge just the bare minimum, you know, I'll have to, you know, whatever it costs to ship and whatever, but I'm going to actually have to do it myself. I can't do it through Amazon. This book's over $50 through Amazon. I'm like, I believe it. And I'm like, no, I mean, that's just not, I mean, that's without me making anything. That's just, mm-hmm. if I just said here, you just, you know, and so, uh, we like to eat. So I'm, yeah, you know, yeah. I think people understand Absolutely. that. Absolutely. But, uh, so, uh, I'm going to actually, uh, advertise this one and sell it myself and ship it out and just have it printed. I can cut $20 off the book. Oh, wow. But, uh, that, and then, so, and where I go from there, I don't know. I mean, I've got, I've got a couple things running, rolling around my head. And of course the last latest book I've got is the Sasquatch awareness project. And that's what I'm into now, if you want to call it into now, kind of where I moved to. And, uh, I got started in that with uh, Steve Ishdahl here back right before COVID hit. But we, I ha- always had this issue, even when I was just doing me, uh, the Sasquatch research, we would get emails and contacted by people that were having experiences and like help. We don't know what to do. You know, we bought our dream property, we built our cabin, and now I've got this eight foot monster sticking his face in the window, and the ch- cops won't come out no more. I mean, they know, you know, they see the tracks and everything, and they see the smudges on the glass, but they won't do anything. They're like, there's nothing we can do. We call wildlife officer, and there's, you know, we don't handle that sort of thing, ma'am, you know. And so, you know, call a paranormal investigator or whatever. And they're like, well, they, all they do is smudge and walk around and chant and, yeah. and the thing comes back right the next night, you know? So, and, you know, that, that was always there and, and I would, we'd answer and try to help, but we, we wasn't really, you know, focused on that. And then, and that, we're, and it always was in the back of my mind. It was always bothering me. And I, I, you know, there was a few years where I didn't really do a whole lot. I stopped. I mean, there wasn't anything left to research. In my mind, we put the thing to bed. We'd proved it's a human hybrid. We'd prove it existed. These things won't talk to you. There's no way to study them, not realistically. They can defeat any technology we have. And then, you know, I you know, I knew they were a Nephilim, which is, a, you know, you shouldn't be messing with the Nephilim anyway. And we can get into uh, the rebuking and all that, how I got rid of because there was a whole, you know, thing of, uh, of how, I, you know, of the hitch, it's called the hitchhiker, hitchhiker mm-hmm. effect. Yeah. And back then, I just called it they'll follow you home. <laughs> yeah. And then they, you know, Essentially and, that's and, what then, it is. and then with the Skinwalker Ranch and all that, the, yeah. the guys, they came up with the hitchhiker because that was happening to them in another genre mm-hmm. or another field of investigation. Mm-hmm. And see, it's all related and we can get into that. But, you know, so I, I've written this book and it's just a, it's a small book, about 110 pages. I wanted to keep it short and concise. It's very basic no, uh, information and knowledge about the Sasquatch, what they are, what they look like, uh, what to do if you encounter one, and, and, and you know, help just to let people know that you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's a book either you can read if you've had an experience and don't know anything, or if you want to educate, you got a 12-year-old and you want to give them that book, you know, they're getting into the outdoors and you want them to be aware these things exist and then you can give it to them. And, and I, you know, I have solutions for help for like, if you've got, got them come around your home or you got to come around your homestead or whatever, I've got practical solutions that we, we found that work, you know, not a hundred percent, not that's a hundred percent, but you know, have good success. And then I've got the spiritual as well. And I put both of them in there and I'm like, if you're, you know, if, if you're not a spiritual person, then ignore the spiritual and, 
and go with the, you know, go with the practical. If you're a spiritual person, then, you know, common sense says use both. You know, I always say rebuking works, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to go ahead and go, you know, it's not that you have a lack of faith, but, you know, it's just good old fashioned common sense, you know, put the trail cameras out and all those other things, because there's more sometimes than the, than the Sasquatch lurking yeah. because they bring other things with them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, it's interesting you say it that way because, uh, I just, just today as today, the time of this recording, <clears throat> I just dropped a, an episode with Martin Groves and him and I briefly theorized that the, cause we hear people talk about dog man. And I know you mentioned dog man, which I, well, <laughs> did you see dog man by the way? I've seen one. Then we were definitely going to get into that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, it, we we hear people talk about how Dogman and Bigfoot don't get along, and the it, it was like it was this moment where he's telling his story and how he has these dogmen on scene, and then when they run and they get in the truck and they hit the lights in the field uh, across from them are two Bigfoot standing there, and then one drops down on all four, and we kind of just real briefly theorized this idea. It's like what if the dogmen were there because of the Bigfoot. And it's almost like like how we have dogs and we let the dog off the leash and let it run around. What if it was something like that where they, they brought them with them and they're just like, go. And they went to terrorize. You know, it's, it's just, just yeah. it's thinking out loud. Yeah, and, and, there are, and there are, there are all kinds of possibilities. Yeah. And I don't pretend to know. Sure. Because we can't talk to, either species won't talk to us. Well, there, yeah. are, you know, there are a few people that they'll talk to, mind speaker, whatever, but... For the most part, me and you can't go out in the woods and sit down and have a conversation. Tell me where you come from. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? So uh, let's talk about this dogman encounter because I don't, sure. don't want to forget to get there. Because yeah. I, I have a feeling, it, it, I don't want to assume things, but you being local, I, I, I have a feeling you might be back in here sometime. And so yeah. we could hit let's other hope. things. But, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't want to, because, all right. Well, I, I have three experiences. Really? Two are mine and one is a very, and don't let me forget to tell you about a lady that had one on the other side of the airport because it's interesting as McGee well. McGee Tyson? Yes. Okay. Okay. Over there at that park that's on the other side where yeah. you can, in the lake where you can put in the water out there. Mm-hmm. Probably she has a home near there and she encountered one there, but okay. we'll get there. Okay. That one like ties a lot of stuff together and makes, you know, makes you scratch your head. Well, take us away then, because I I, okay. re, re, I would say this. Over the years, the show has gone through phases. And ever since I come out with Expedition Dogman on Amazon, we've been getting a lot of people talking to us about Dogman. Yeah, dog and, and so I'm in this, you're catching me in a stage where I'm like, oh, you got Dogman stories? Let's hear it. You yeah. know? <laughs> so. And it's crazy because when, when we were doing the DNA study and, and back then, oh, we don't talk about Dogman. They'll think mm-hmm. you're crazy. And we got this study going on and they already looking for every excuse to tear it down. Don't say anything about Dogman. And that is when I got this footage, the first set. Of, and that that's the crazy part. If this would have been a Sasquatch footage, you know, you know, I'd be somewhere else in an island somewhere, you know, drinking a, you know, a cola or something and, and watching the sunset. Yeah. But it was a Dogman. <laughs> and so and it's like, hold the footage. Don't publish it yet. Late till we get the DNA, you know, DNA study done. But so what happened? And in time, I'm old. So time, two thousand nine, ten ish, two thousand ten. And uh, so I'm still. We're still in the throes of the uh, 
the DNA study, I've gone down here to Baker's Creek. I've walked out a trail that this, the trail ends and there's a road bed that goes across where, where it used to go. The road used to go down the old ferry. And so there's a flooded road bed and there's an island. And then on the island was like where uh, one of the offices to the ferry station was. There's still remnants. And then you'd go down to, across the Teleco there. No, I don't know. I think it was Niles Ferry. It was one of the ferries there. And and so I'm interested on that island because I'm, I'm thinking and there's evidence that they're going over that island, sleeping on an island during the day, mm. then walking back across and like, I would put sticks and stuff, do a bunch of low tech stuff and, and I get partial footprints and they, I put a stick across the trail and they kick it out of the way, you know, coming from the, so I was there, that was what I was interested in. And this, this trail is extremely grown up. It's kind of, it was an old horse trail, but the horse, there's some trees had fallen. So the horses weren't like keeping it, you know, keeping it beat down. So it, it it would literally grown to shoulders. All I could do is just get through it. So I had foliage on my both shoulders, mm-hmm. and I had the back trail camera, which is a camera that is uh, on my shoulder, mounted on my shoulder, and it's filming behind me. And uh, I always I started doing that, you know, because I captured one looking at me when I was filming and holding the camera to the side, and I figured out their peekers, they're watching and peeking. And so, uh, so I've got this back trail camera going. So I don't know what's going on. I, don't, I just every ten or fifteen minutes, I start and restop it, so I get short. You know, and I have to deal with big clips. And you know, and then you know, when I get home, is when I figure out, you know, if I got anything. So I'm doing my thing. I'm looking across to the island. I go to I go to turn around, and I get I get caught in some briars, and I kind of readjust, get the briar out, and I turn turn around and leave. Well, when I get get home during this sequence of me starting the turnaround and then turning around there in the in the bushes you know three or four feet behind me this sasquatch or not sasquatch this dog man had he kind of like he had his head back it's like he was raising up had his head back leveled his head and pushed his snout through and you can see him do that Mm. and uh you can see the end of the snout uh, he, I mean, he's in the bush. So like uh, laying over the cross, those have seen the footage, uh, there's like foliage laying cross, like across his, his snout. You can see the right eye and the right part of the right head. And then he's got this weird little creature that's literally sitting, it's literally grab is literally holding on to the side of his head and it's got silver, um, fur or hair and then it's got like a, a caucasian colored face <clears throat> and it's constantly moving its little mouth and uh we'll get into that what that people think that is but so this thing levels up and for, for just a second and it and since i'm moving it it's 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 like you can see it it's like a boxer you know it's on the balls of its feet it's it's, it's kind of it's swaying it's like mm. it's kind of watching me and trying to figure out what i'm going to do and and then when I go ahead and break through and twist all, start to twist around, you know, all the way, then it, it goes down. You mm-hmm. can see it. It lowers itself down it, and then it, it stays right there. It doesn't like run. And then I completely turn and walk off. But when I get home, you know, I'm reviewing that footage, losing my mind. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. And so. I called Dave, uh, Pilate's real excited and telling him and sending him, him the clip. And he's like, 
you know, we can't, you know, don't show this. You know, everybody think you're nuts, think we're nuts. You know, we can't have dog man associated with you and, and your, because you're, uh, you know, got 11 samples in the study, yada, yada. And so, you know, it was in peer review at the time. So I'm like, okay. But he said, you know, it'd be nice if we could get some DNA samples. So after, you know, after the Sasquatch study, maybe we can move on to the dog man. Because he said, I see it. He said, that's been trending in a lot of uh, questions and stuff. So may we get a leg yeah. up. Well, dumb me listens to Dave. <laughs> dumb in, me. Yeah, in California. <laughs> and so the, uh, the next weekend, uh, there, we have some friends. There's a campground that's on. It's not too far away from here, and they're camping. And so, we're going to go visit them, right? And so, and you know, Dave's kind of like, hey, you know, really like to get those hair samples. So I'm like, okay. So how am I going to get out to this place? So we go right by it. So told told uh, the wife at the time. I said, just drop me off. I'll go set these hair traps, and I'll come out and call you, and you come back and get me, and we'll go to the, you know, we'll go down and and we'll you know do the, the camp out thing and fish and hunt or whatever we're doing, uh, barbecue. And so she says, okay, so, you know, I've got my garb on cause I'm going in the bush and, uh, got my gun with me. And, uh, that year the cicadas were out and mm-hmm. I mean, they were so loud you couldn't hear yourself think. So that's the background. I mean, as I'm walking in it, they are, li- I mean, they're just, I don't know how many decibels it was. You can hear it on the video, but it, there is no noise other than them. It mm-hmm. is that loud. And so I get out there and I go in behind that area. It's, it's on the end of this point and it's just real grown up and nasty. And I work my way in there and I've got like, I do some hair traps and I use some, I got some bacon in a jar, see if I can get them to open the lid. And I've got a hot dog and just, uh, just food. And so I put that up. So I'm done and I'm walking out. So I've got a monopod with my camera on it and I've got the back trail. And so I'm walking out and I'm, it's, it's kind of difficult. You got a bunch of fallen trees and then you got a bunch of growth over the top of those. And so it's just, I'm just literally wading back out. And then I, to my right, I catch movement and I turn my head just in time to see this thing leap up on the side of a tree. And it's about, uh, I'd say about uh, 20 yards, 60 feet, uh, to, to my right. And so the foliage, you got to understand the foliage, I'm 6'3", and the foliage is like eyeline to me. And so this thing, you know, is jumping up so it can see me. So it jumps up and it grabs the side of the tree with its hand claws because they look like uh, raccoon hands, what they look like. They look just like a raccoon's hand with long claws on the end because I saw the shine. And he literally, he flipped the end of the tree and then he leaned back so he's, um, I imagine I didn't see him, but from like the center, like right below the chest up, I imagine he's got his feet in the side of the tree. He leans back and looks over his right shoulder in my direction. Now he's not looking right at me. He's just kind of looking in my direction. And so I raise the camera and I'm starting to zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out. And I mean, with all the thick foliage and it's auto focus, you can imagine what's going on. I get it for a second and it goes out of focus. So I'm struggling with the focus. I get a few seconds of decent. You can see that there's something there with big ears and a nose. And, and it, it, it looks kind of like a German shepherd. While the other one had a flat nose, almost pig snout like. This one has a dog nose. It literally has, looks like a German shepherd mm. face. And so I'm doing that. And then I kind of like, I'm all excited. I don't, 
I don't know why I'm excited, but I'm excited. I'm excited. And then, I, and then it hits me. Oh man, that's a, I mean, it's a dog man. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, you probably need to get your gun out. So I put the monopod on the side. I pull the gun, got out of its holster and, and, uh, I don't, it's a, it's a, it's a 40 and it's a semi-automatic. And so I don't have one in the chamber, which I know is just useless as a rock. <laughs> I just have to club it to death, but I, you know, I don't want to shoot my foot, hole through my foot. So mm-hmm. I don't have, a, I don't carry around in the chamber. I've since learned to go ahead and put around in the chamber. We'll trust clock not to shoot my foot off. I appendix carry. So imagine how I have to, yeah, you know, I, don't like, know. I still, if I had it in my, if I had it in my belly, I don't know. I, I got used to it, but this, this is speed cock. But I'll tell you what, having one in the chamber when I first started appendix carrying, yeah. I was nervous. Yeah. You know, I just could see myself screwing up and, you know, shooting a hole in the top of my foot. And then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You know. So, but the mistake I made is, it, and it was a high tech, it was a cheap one because that's all I could afford. And so they're all steel or pot metal. I'll, I'll be honest. So I rack a round, and when I let, and I, instead of easing it off, I just let it go. Yeah. So wing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and when I did that, so this thing's, it's kind of, it's giving me what, what I call a side eye. Sasquatch do the same thing. It wouldn't look right at me. It was look, it was giving me peripheral vision. And, but when I did that, it literally pivoted its head and did its ears like that. It pointed at you. Yeah. And looked right. at me in the eyes and i'm here to tell you that was the coldest deadest looking i mean this thing looked through me not at me like i mean it looked at me like i'm looking at that water bottle like it's just inanimate. i was an inanimate object that didn't matter i mean that's the you know like i've looked i've made eye contact with the sasquatch it's got you know there's a soul there of some sort there's there's there, there's a being there. There there's a, a life there. I mean, this thing is like you, you know what a deer looks like when it's mounted. You look mm-hmm. at its eyes. Yeah, that's exactly what this the eyes look like. Wow, they were dead. That was the deadest eyes I'd ever seen. And so this thing's looking at me. At Whew. this point, I I know I've screwed up because at this point I'm thinking he's coming off that tree. Mm-hmm. He's coming off that tree. And, and then I started running scenarios through my head. It's like, okay, if he stays on all fours, you know, or if he goes all fours, you know, go to one knee because he's moving. You know, if you stay up when a creature, when like you're getting a bear attack, go on a knee. Because if you shoot from a standing position and aim for his head, you'll hit him in the butt. Mm. But if you kneel down and are level with him and you're shooting straight at him, then every, every round's going to be going in the face and the shoulders. Yeah. So you're going to. Have a little better chance of stopping him. Well, Survival tips, right yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> and I'd learned that for a while back. But so that's what I, I, I was running that through my head. Go, go down it and just you know squeeze center mass, empty out, filling for my knife. You know, pop that. I said, you know, if I'm going down, I'm going down fighting. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be stabbing him. You know, because I don't know if bullets will stop him. Yeah. And then I, you know, told myself, and if he on, if he stays upright, you know, center mass, you know, just unload. And, you know, just get ready for it. And so I'm literally just, I'm just there. I, I don't have, I don't raise the gun because I'm, 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 you know, I'm like, just, I'm chilling just and thinking these things. And then nothing happens. He just continues to look at me. And so my brain kind of, you know, I kicked myself. I was like, move. You know, I literally had to like think to my feet, move. Mm. 
And so I, you know, he's going to let me get out of here, I think. So I literally just kind of turn slowly, shift, and turn, and then start. But I'm having to like check behind me because I'm having to step over stuff and it's, it's, it's nasty. Mm. And I didn't want to trip and fall for sure. And so I, I'm backing back out and I get out. Uh, I get out enough out of the thick stuff around where the old feeding station used to be and then make my way out to the horse trail. I'm backing the whole way and I back out the horse trail. And then once I get at the end of the uh, this little peninsula, which would probably be about a hundred yards away from where it was, I take off walking really fast. And so I got, uh, it's the days I got the old flip phones and I'm, you know, I'm I trying to call my, uh, the, the, the wife and, not getting anything, no service, no service. Where she's at and where I'm at, there's no service. I'm like, oh. So I'm, uh, I'm, you know, walking, you know, not running, but walking fast and pretty much, you know, you know, keep an eye. And then it, it picked me up. I probably walked, uh, I always forget to include this because everything gets going in my head, but it, it followed me out. It, it gave me the royal escort, the mm. loud, I'm here. And I'm following you out. So it was quartering me about, about 60, 70 yards to the left, depending on where I was on the trail. Sometimes it would be on my left. And then, you know, if, if I was running near the lake, it would cross over and be on my right. And I didn't know who to call or what to do. And I, I called Dave. I got it. I got out a little ways. I went all the way out and I called Dave and I said, I've seen a freaking dog, man. And it's all your fault, Dave. It's all your fault. He's like, what, what are you talking about? I said, I've just had a, like an eye to eye dog man encounter and he's still here. And I said, if he kills me, it's your fault. <laughs> Something to that effect. And he's free. He's like, what? And I said, I just, I can't get a hold of my wife. And I said, I need someone to know what's going on. Yeah. And if I don't call you back in about 30 minutes, I'm dead. 911. And this is where I'm at. So at least you can call Tennessee 911 and tell them, you know, you know, there's some, you know. I've got a new subject for my next book, yeah. <laughs> you know, missing 411, the dog man. And, uh, and so, you know, he knew I was serious and, and he knew it was a serious situation, but you know, so I finally, I just kept, what I did is I just kept moving and I got, I got, I finally got a hold of, of my wife and said, I, I need you to come get me now. And I think she didn't even question. She says, something's wrong. I said, yeah, I, I can't explain just now. Come meet me at the area. Well, when I got out to the little parking area, it's a, it's actually the parking area is, is a, is a cemetery. <laughs> and so there's an access road, it's paved. Mm. And then up about, uh, yeah, up about three or 400, uh, not three or 400, probably about 200 yards is a boat ramp. And so I'm on the access road and I'm like, I'm getting out of here. I'm walking, you know, I'll just go to the main road if I have to go out to, to uh, Teleco Parkway and go. And so I'm walking, so I've got my pistol in one hand, a camera and a monopod in the other, and, and I'm walking the main drag. And uh, I see the wife coming up, and she whoops the Jeep around, and she can tell by the look on my face, there's no color left. I'm white. And she knows something bad's wrong. And, and I, I said, don't, you know, I said, look, uh, she whooped it around. I threw, the, threw my backpack and the camera in the back, had the top off the Jeep, jumped in the Jeep, Still had my pistol put between my legs. I said, go, go, go. So she took off and I said, don't, I said, go, I mean it. And she said, we being chased. And I said, I don't know, just go. And so we got out to the main road on 411 and then started back. And, uh, and, uh, she was just trying to get, you know, get away from the place. 
And we're, we're driving down the road, and she looks over at me. She says, is that loaded? I'm going, yeah, it is. And she says, oh, I think we're all right now. Why don't you unload that for me? So, so I unloaded it, and we pulled into a little uh, gas station about a mile up the road, and I told her what's happening. I said, actually, I think I got some video of it. So we got the little little Sony out and on that little screen and backed it up, and sure enough, you could see it enough that it made her cry, made her upset. Really? Got wow. Her, she got upset. <clears throat> Let me ask you this. You, you just brought up your, your wife. Uh, when you got involved in all this stuff, I think you said 2008-ish, uh, what did your family think of, of like like hey you went from laughing at YouTube or uh, like a Bigfoot yeah. videos to oh you came home and now you heard something crashing you're gonna start doing some yeah. videoing out in the woods well unfortunately I've been through two wives okay <laughs> through all this okay <laughs> God forgive me but and and the circumstances weren't caused by Sasquatch or anything but uh uh the the, the kids didn't care. I mean, they just thought it was fun to go out, and, yeah. and I was dumb enough to take them out a few times. Then I stopped after, about this time's when I stopped because of the dog. Mm. I wasn't going to expose them to this, but uh, she was okay with it. She actually had an experience at the house where one, they were coming to the house. We, you know, we talk about the hitchhiker, hitchhiker effect, and, and she saw one. And I, I've actually got a video of her uh, on my channel where she recounts exactly what happened. But, wow. So they were, you know, why they're not like big into it. And she was disabled. So, and, and sometimes she was homebound or bedridden. Sometimes she wasn't, she had a uh, 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 mixed connective tissue disorder. So she was, you know, up and down as far as her health. And, but, you know, you know most of the time, you know, it was, it was just, it was a hobby. Mm-hmm. You know, once I got to this point, it, it went back to being more of a hobby than it did a, you know, every weekend, I, there was a two or three year span where it was almost every weekend. I didn't fish and I had stopped hunting and you know, that's what I was doing on the weekends. If I wasn't doing family related stuff, it was yeah. that, but I had started already to back off and go back, hmm. you know, just doing it once or twice a month, maybe. And, and then of course now to just, all I do is throw a back trail camera on and I go do something else. So what that span of time where it was every weekend going out and stuff, would you say that it was uh, of interest or obsession at that point? It was obsession. Yeah. I was in like, I was like, I got to find out what this is. And it was like, you know, with each new experience, mm-hmm. I'd learned something new and it was just, you know, it was, it, it would pull you in a little deeper and a little deeper because you just, you know, you know, you know, you find out they're not a bipedal ape. Now you find out they're some sort of human hybrid. Now, you know, they're doing these, uh, they're, they're leaving, you know, language and they're, sending you messages and now they're coming to your house yeah. and they're doing stuff there. And so it's just, you know, it's almost, it can be, a, you know, and I warn people about that. You got to be careful. It can, it can become an obsession, you know, to, to prove it. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I was in the thing to prove it in a way, you know, cause I, you know, that was our goal was to prove they exist, you know, through, through, through the DNA, through scientific evidence and, and, and through uh, video, if we can get it. So there's um <clears throat> there's a lady that locally well she used to be local I'm gonna be interviewing her next week uh, and I wish I would have known she was here before she moved uh, but <clears throat> she's she was about an hour east of here her and her husband seven years ago uh, bought a house uh, down here from Virginia dream home property everything 
They lived here for, uh, uh, they lived here for, no, I, th- I forget when they moved. They lived here for seven years. Yeah, so they lived here for seven years. Uh, seven years ago, they bought the, the property. She said that for seven years, they were tormented on their property by these creatures. And, and, and I guess in the house as well as like orbs and, and hauntings uh, to the point that they sold their property in this market less than what they bought it for oh my goodness. and moved 10 hours north to Indiana because of these things on the, on the property. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, go check out the second half of the show because it's not over. This is just the first half. The second half is waiting for members right now on the website and the Castos app. I promise you, it gets really, really good. That's waiting for you right now, members. So go ahead and check it out. Everybody else, I'll see you next Tuesday right here. Until then, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. Oh my goodness. And move 10 hours north to Indiana because of these things on the on the property. They just moved in December last year. Hmm, I wish I'd known that. Me too. <laughs> I mean, I don't do house calls, but you know, somebody like that, you feel like you could help, right? And and and, and I I told her because she didn't know who I was. I guess somebody on her Facebook just mm-hmm. commented my name, and so she reached out to me on Facebook, and she's like, "I don't know much about you, uh, but somebody told me to talk to you." And I was, and I told her who I was, and I and she said something about research. I said, "Well, actually, I don't do research. I just talk to people about their experiences." And I think most researchers are, (laughs) I had some words because I I just, I I think that the guys who are telling me, let me tell you what it is. I'm like, bro, like if you know that well, we wouldn't be sitting here right now talking about this, these things, it'd be case closed. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, so I'm going to be interviewing her next week, Oh, good. but, um, but, she didn't live over there, did she? No, 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 okay. no. She she actually, because I, I live. Because if this lady's listening, I, I lost her phone number. I need her to call. No. It'd be nice to talk to her again. But anyway, so I, I I'm live, getting ready to tell you about it. I, I live closer to Seymour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and she lived about an hour east mm-hmm. from me. So, she, so yeah, she's in the yeah. mountains. Yes, yes. Uh, I Actually, you know what? I think she said Newport. Yeah, no, the Newport that, area. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. What was it called? Some kind of Indian reservation or? Um, uh, Cherokee. The Cherokee, uh, oh man, well, the Cherokee have their reservation up there. Yeah, like it was something wild, uh, some kind of wildlife uh, reservation. Awasi? No, I f- it was a weird name. I forget, but she, she like she didn't want to give me the address of the place because the new owner, she said, wouldn't take kind to it. Uh, which I'm, I'm sure. Did she tell the new owner? I don't think she did. I don't think she did, and that's why I want to. I want to find out where this property is because I was like. This would be such a great case study. <laughs> well, if, that, if that new owner needs, uh, well, well, you'll find out. We'll sure. find, uh, he'll call her and say, "What in the world did you sell mm-hmm. me?" If she calls you, maybe we yeah, go out there and do absolutely pray and yeah, see what we can do. Yeah, and guns, lots of guns, lots of guns and praying. Yes. Anyways, go ahead and no. So, so that leads into.
away from enemies from revenge be near To avenge my peers, I confess my sins right here When a pelican swim and a grey whites fly Aboard Noah's Ark and enjoy thy ride But the Matrix don't care, we enjoy Cloud Nine 6-3 Nicola, no order particularly DeLorean dreams of the crack cell But we know the crack gon' sell So if it's a fair but don't work well I was a hand when Reagan was a cartel Push a bar, do I rap, do I sing, do I preach, I don't know Do I lack anything via love? No, I don't But we gotta be a warrior too Cause that's just what warriors do Like a cell, they wanna spin up at the center of the nexus, me. Yeah, yeah. They wanna- 